Welcome, welcome, welcome. And this is Biscuits Groovy. My name is Tyler. And I'm Alex. And this week we listen to a whole bunch of May. May. Like, not M-A-Y. Yeah, the month is not upon us like, yet. Like, but the band was upon us this week. Mm-hmm. Miss, Miss May. Maybe if she spelled her name M-A-E. What would that be short for? If you had a name May spelled M-A-E, is, is your name something else? And then it's shortened? Is that a thing? I'll look into it. I, I had a girl in elementary school whose middle name was May spelled like that. Mm. Maybe it's just like the hipster way of May. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think in like 2022 when the hipsters take over the world that the month of May is going to be changed to M A E? Maybe. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. I could see it. It's, it's a pretty problematic name, I would say. M A Y. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We should get rid of that because they're going to be like it's going to be sexist some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. I think so for That's sure. True. So. Yeah. Okay. But so you have the first <laughs> song. I do have the first song. Um, Band May, baby. Um, Destination, beautiful. That's the album. album. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the song's all deliberate speed. Frustrated 
Yeah, why'd you pick it? Um, I like. I think he's got a really good um, vocal line right there. I think that that chorus is very nice. Really good. Yeah, like, cool. Yeah, I mean, this is gonna be okay. Maybe we should talk about this too, because I always wonder to myself, what is it about this kind of like? This guy doesn't have any sort of groundbreaking voice. Okay. You know what I'm saying, right? But this, like, early 2000s emo, I mean, what would you call it, like, post-punk rock? Uh, I was going to get to the question of asking you, like, I don't know if you kind of look up these things before, like, we do the podcast, like, what the genre, like, if you, if you, would you, do you feel like they're an emo band, and do you feel like you would have recognized that throughout the week? Or no, like, see, I, uh, I don't know. No, yes, I can see they're that you you could say they're emo but i when i hear emo bands i think of more like 30 seconds to mars okay. with like that kind of and that's someone you're more familiar with i know you like you like a few 30 seconds to mars songs oh uh, yeah i think that well i think i like this 30 seconds to mars songs the same reason why i like these kind of songs though too love the i think the the guitar riffs and the drums are amazing um in these kind of bands really steady it's my kind of stuff right it's just the steady kind of um, not okay. a whole lot to it, but it's just like a good rhythm, really good rhythm patterns. Um, Jared Leto obviously has completely kind of like a, a, a fantastic voice, but, um, yeah, I think, I think to me, the main difference, like, I honestly think I preferred Dave Elkins, the singer of May's voice to Jared Leto. Okay. Um, but I think Jared Leto from what I've seen and like read and heard in interviews and stuff is that he is such an obsessive creative person like that things, um, he he needs complete control over every detail. Okay, and I I think that's something I appreciate because somebody who can think on that many levels and be like I need to control every bit of this is cool to me. Like it's probably difficult to work with in some aspects, but if if you can get this where you ha- you can control everything and you have the ability to do it, and also you're not a douchebag to work with, that's you can get some really amazing stuff coming out of that. Yeah, you know you think I think I mean I don't know if 
I may be mistaken, but the first thing I think of that's another one like that is Chris Cornell. Okay. Where it's like he yeah. just had this, and maybe like Freddie Mercury is another one. Like a vision. When, yeah. Well, like think of the stories of recording Bohemian Rhapsody. Like he had this map in his head of how yeah. this thing is, and it became this unlikely super hit that, you know, anywhere you go, you can't, like there's, everybody knows the whole song. Yeah. Even though it's like six and a half minutes with very few repeating parts, it's like somehow it became this radio hit. Yeah. Because because Freddie Mercury is such a visionary genius. Yeah. And I would say these songs don't have that element. It's like there are there are great moments in them, but like you said, it's there's not much to it. There's like there's great sounds, they have great guitar tones, and he's you know, he's got some great melodies and stuff, the drums sound great. Um I think the, the piano as we move on to other songs, the piano sounds cool. Yeah. Um and I think they're they're skilled musicians and I think they do come into it more later in their discography they, they experiment more and I like that I was gonna say this album when I was like I so I, was, I gotta say this first I've known about May since I was like 13 they yeah were, like my they were my first favorite band ever yeah and so that's what okay so that is kind of what I like to think about too is what is it about and I like I, I want to say my opinion but these kind of style bands in the early 2000s that we as middle school kids and high school kids were like super into I'm okay. saying that this was why, what was, what was this? Cause that's what this scene is. And anybody mm-hmm. that I'm ever going to talk to that I'm asking about the band may, they're going to be like, I listened to him in high school. Sure. Middle school and high school. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my opinion, I feel like it's because the rhythm patterns, I, are, it's really pleasing to the ear theoretically from a music perspective. Sure. And, but the guy's voice is so, it, it makes it so you can sing along as a regular person. And, sure. and it that's, sounds, that's and, and you're like, I can, yeah. I, I sing to this and this is cool. I think a lot of the times too with all these like kind of emo style bands, they're singing about sad stuff mm-hmm. that when you're an, an emotional, hormonal kid, sure. that kind of rings true to you, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I was kind of trying to read through the lyrics as we went and like to kind of get some something out of it. But there's one line that I that really speaks to what you just said. Um, I think it's the 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 um, break the bridge. Um, the first two lines says losing sleep for days. Is this just a phase? Like that's almost like a, a parody of, yeah. of emo kids and, you know, 14 year olds. This is not a phase. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I definitely had moments like that when I was 14 where I was like, felt, felt oppressed or depressed or whatever. And I was like, this is this band as well as like a few others based as when we've done already that really spoke to me back then. And for some reason they've stuck with me. Like I don't listen to them as much, but Legitimately, when I was, I think I probably found them when I was thirteen. Like up until that point, my, in my household, my parents listened to country music. Okay, that was what I listened to. Yeah, like I knew, you know, every Garth Brooks song, every Tim McGraw song, every Faith Hill song you could think of. But when I first heard this, I was like, "Oh, this is so different from what I'm anything I'm used to." And I was like, "This is so cool." And it wasn't this album. I I, ended, I first found the second album, The Everglow. Cool. I did one song from that. Um, but that was like my real introduction to what I would call rock music. Yeah. And whether or not you would call this rock music as a listener or you, Alex, would call this rock music is a different question. But like that was my first thought. I was like, this is not country. Wait, it's way, it's way closer to the rock than country music. For sure. And and they're You're they're, moving up the pedestal at that point. Yes, yeah. exactly. And and that's like I was gonna ask you, from my understanding of your musical education growing up, a lot of it came from your parents having um What's who's the guy that I think uh, Harvest Moon? Neil Young. Yeah, like like that was kind of like your parents listened to, right? That kind of stuff, or not really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Simon and Garfunkel. Okay, um, but, and, but then Luck Zepp, a lot of Zeppelin, right. and you know, like a lot of like too. 
70s yeah that kind of stuff but so was there a band that you remember finding like outside of your 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 household like through a friend or through i don't know well like watching vh1 or or no. mtv or anything like that like was there did you have a first band like that um it's hard to say i feel like i got really invested into that whole like the guitar was like i loved it as sure soon as I, or, and i i remember like being a competent person like teenager or whatever hearing like zeppelin for the first time and going this is the best yeah, like crazy. every yeah. like, i could listen to this this is way better sure than anything else that i've like i could what i'm listening to because sure. like i said i started playing guitar when i was really young and didn't really know what the hell i was doing like learning blackbird by the beatles okay. and stuff like that right um but just as this eight-year-old kid so it's sure. like you know it's a little different um and then, because like I think that's my parents really liked, wanted to. I mean, that was the whole thing is, instrument kids, kids who play instruments are smarter and better sure. in school and that whole thing, right? Um, but it was really cool discovering, like, because we we grew up where the iPod Shuffle came out and the first iPod mm-hmm. came that out. That was right? my first iPod. It was a shuffle. Um, the mini shuffle, the clip one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one it was a USB drive. That's all it was. No, that, you had that's that that was the other one. Oh, was I had it? the second second you edition. You had the one that you could clip the on. The clip, yeah. yeah, yeah I, think okay. I had a, I think I like a silver one just the standard put it yeah. on my belt loop and had like 100 songs or so yeah so Sweet. like i had the one that was the usb drive okay. and that was really cool because the, the way they introduced it was to all the parents hey get your cds and put them on this one yeah, device. that's what i would do yeah burn cds uh-huh and that's what my that's what my dad had all and the then limewire of course yes but that's you know a <laughs> yeah. different story but um yeah you, you had okay so that's it. But, like my parents only had country that's what i'm saying like i had a few country songs that i really actually liked and still to this day like but like May like this the Everglow the second album was one of the ones that I was like I'm getting every song in this album onto my iPod yeah. because like I love every one of them kind of a thing yeah yeah because that was into yeah so into that was really cool for discovery of music for me because I had heard these songs as a child more or less in the car too and okay. it was really fun to hear like America um, by Cross or who's that by oh my gosh why am I losing whatever you mean, you mean the band America no 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 um, is it Simon and Garfunkel? I think I don't is. know. Simon and Garfunkel called America, but maybe. Uh, but anyway, whatever. I remember hearing like these songs and going, "Oh my gosh, I've heard this when I I've heard this. Sure. This is in my mind. I've heard this before." Okay. And rediscovering it was really cool. But like this, I never got into this. Like I said, I never got past. I got the euphoric of the rock music. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, May's May's cool. So I never, yeah, but I like, I knew this stuff in high school. Sure. Kids listened to it and like the whole, but I feel like in my high school was way more, um, or my experience maybe with the kids I was hanging out with, I guess, was more of like the kid cutty phase. Oh, really? Um, yes, I, yeah. A lot of kids around me listen to hip hop and stuff like that. And, and I wouldn't say it was like popular, but I definitely was like, I, I was self confident. I, I, like, I, I knew that I was smart. And like witty, I think my whole life pretty much. Um, and so like, I wasn't ever like self-conscious about that. Like, you know, I, I knew that I liked weird music in a way, music that wasn't mainstream. Yeah. But I was always like, I don't care. Like it's, if, if I like it, then it's, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cool to me. Yeah. I, that's all that matters. Um, I'm getting back to May though. So, so we got this first song from the first album or this, our first song is from the first album as well as our second one. It's going to be as well. Yes. Um, and I was gonna say like this this first album I discovered it later when I was like a fourteen or something like that and I was underwhelmed like I was like oh I can tell that these songs were not 
the, the the musicianship was not as thought out as the second album. So I want to kind of give that as a as my okay. commentary before we do this next one. I don't see anything else to say. Okay. This, yeah, and this next song is uh, Skyline Drive.
That's some organ right there. That's some sweet organ. Why don't we do take me out to the ball game when I hear that? Yeah, that's true. Want to go get some peanuts and a, and a dodger cracker dog. jack? Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, um, what do you like with that one? Um, I think it's the, I think it kind of shows off a little bit of a different vibe. Maybe this is more the emo vibe, the chill kind okay. of like. Um, but same same thing. We're going to steady rhythm patterns, and the guitar's a little bit more soft, right? Mm-hmm. This is where I get this kind of soft rock kind of style. Okay. Um, because like the post punk, it's I I think I feel like you can. can is maybe not quite so then. This is not quite that. Yeah, quite post as punk heavy. is more like the Bayside thing we were talking about before, uh-huh. or the Wonder Years. Yeah, mm-hmm. where these guys definitely are more of the soft rock. Um, yeah, they're the sad emo, whereas Bayside's the angry emo. Yeah, yeah, but it's all the same, and I feel like you get the emo style from the voice a lot and the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I've always talked about what's it driving with his eyes closed tight. I'm like, that's a little dark imagery. <laughs> like, yeah, we go for a drive and just close my eyes. Like, I eh, probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, we should. here at Biscuits and Groovy do not condone. Driving with your eyes closed, yeah. Please don't do that. Please. But hey, if you do, do it. Yeah, momentarily, blinking is fine. Yeah. But only that. If you if you do do it, you didn't hear it from uh, May <laughs> either. Didn't we, hear May it from does not me. condone as well. We'll go yeah. out on a limb and say they don't condone mm-hmm. that. But it's probably figurative. <laughs> I would guess. But, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Very true. Um, yeah, I like I like the build. Of this one, like that, that really soft part where it feels like an ending and it wasn't. And I, I got mistaken. I pulled the microphone back to my mouth and you're like, no, 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 not quite yet. Not quite the end. Um, that's the best build in the song. And I think a lot of the choruses, um, from the first part of the song didn't have quite the punch that I expected where like when the first downbeat comes in Yeah. and I, this, this album is self produced, um, by May. Cool. And so I'm like, maybe, you know, just having that not having the, the equipment or the know-how to make things a little punchier. I, that's, that's kind of just my, like that's my big gripe with this whole album is that a lot of it just feels like a little amateur. A little, yeah. Amateur is a good word okay. for it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you can't fault somebody for, for, uh, if they're new in their career and they, you know, I'm, you have no idea how, whether they're burnt out from playing a bunch of local shows for, you know, who knows how long. And they're just like, we just want to get this damn album out. And good um, for them. Yeah, and they got it out, and it was sold well, and it started a following, and they've been able to tour for many, many years after that. I've seen them three times live. Oh, cool! In my life, um, and all of them were great. I had a great time at all three shows. They're from. Virginia. They're from Virginia, yes, Norfolk, Virginia. 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 Can I get ten thousand ch- chicken vaginas? <laughs> Virginias, no. Um, so, um, yeah, that, I mean, they're they're a East Coast band. That's, yeah, that's, I I, and I think they fit that vibe for sure. Well, let's keep cruising. Okay, so now we're moving on to my first one. Yes, the ocean. The ocean, and it's I not, think it shows off the piano. It's not by Led Zeppelin. What? It's, it's not a cover of Led Zeppelin's The Ocean. The ocean. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is for the piano, and this is now moving on to the next album, the cool. one that I first discovered, The Everglow. Yep. Okay, here we go. You come over on a 
interesting, right? I'm thinking that just fades into the next song. Yes. So yeah. So that's I think one of the best parts about this album is that every song blends in. Oh, cool. So yeah, I don't know if, if you wh- how you went through the albums or whatever, but um, if you this album has um, two tracks at the beginning and the end called prologue and epilogue, and prologue has a section of it. It's it's like a spoken word thing. There's like a, this female voice that comes on. Cool. And kind of introduces the album as a a story, a book. And actually, when they released the album, in the liner notes, each um, song had a painting that went along with the like basically a, a visual piece of art okay. that they had designed to go with the song. And there's the part where the, where the voice goes, "If you hear this sound, turn the page." And it's each of these transition noises, that drum beat, the do 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 da do do do, is one of the sounds that like is a signal to. Turn the page. Mm, interesting. It's like one of those old books, you know. When you hear this sound, bring, yeah, yeah. turn the page. It's like that. But um, but yeah. So this whole this whole album is kind of a story of of a relationship coming in and out of of like two people's lives. Okay. Um. Yeah, I could see that. And and you know, I think that that really does play back to that that idea we talked about of this being an an emo band that really really um. It appeals to people in middle school and high school mm-hmm. you know what i mean boys as well as like um girls yeah <laughs> like boys and girls yeah both, boys and both girls kinds. as yeah. well yeah um in this yeah i feel like this it's the softer i don't know what do we call this when we were when we would write songs what did, what did we call it when we write the oh my gosh the panty droppers yeah is that what yeah we call them? Ball- I, like, I mean it's another term for ballads right it's like well, we, what we, what the term we always said is uh, twelve eight is the is the rhythm of getting it on. Oh yeah, yeah, or whatever. Uh, yeah, you like there's there's certain rhythmic and melodic and lyric motifs that are conducive to creating a relationship story. Yes, and I think this whole album. I mean, like that. There's a line. I need you here tonight, just like the ocean needs the waves. Like yes. that. We, you know, it's, it was like it's I know so at least cliche. me. Yeah, I I always. <laughs> In, in middle school, I was always like, you know, who is the girl that I could say that about? Yes, and, and yes, like, yes, yes. That made total sense to and me. Who, and the girl listening to it is, who's the boy that's going to say this to me? Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, does anybody love me in the way that this song is describing? Because <laughs> yeah, you're and, this emotional... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we laugh better as much as we want to. But like, yeah, or like what's the the, the first line of the um, uh, darkness broken by your voice... or broken by your voice in the dark is like the fir- first line of that or the, like the middle line of the chorus I don't know on this one but like there's a ton of of um, s- lines in this album that are all about that that emotion of like wanting to want somebody and wanting to be wanted by somebody yeah um, that appeals to that age group and and I you know I said I was susceptible to it for sure so um, well, I mean it's great marketing yeah oh totally great marketing and I, you know I can only assume that they you know they've toured on it for a long time since like one of the the second show I went to was the 10th 10th anniversary of this album coming out and they played the whole album from beginning to end and I mean it the the fans absolutely love this album this is I would you know growing up in the fanhood anytime somebody mentions they're like okay let's get out of the way that the Everglow is their best album and then we can discuss what's next like everybody's like yeah the Everglow is the best um dope and so, like, you know, I, I felt like I had to pick one of these, but also this is my favorite, I would say, still of, this, of them. Um, but I think that the album's coming after this, because this is the last song we have from this album. We only chose one. Um, the albums after this have grown on me a lot in this week, especially the MAE 
Okay. And I really want, I, I want to get into that one when we get to that one. Cause well, that's the next one. Are we, we going to do any from Singularity? Nope. Okay. Singularity grew on me a lot too, though. But, um, well, I guess, should we, is there anything you want to say about that no, song? That's great. Uh, like, yeah, like the piano's great, you like said I said. There's, I think everything really meshes together really well. And the one thing that I really think has matured in that is his, Dave Elkin's ability to write like multiple vocal lines, like a call and response to himself. Yeah, like the, the last that's chorus. Interesting. Yeah. You know, he'll sing a line and while that, that last note is carrying out, he comes in from behind with another line and then it comes back. That's like yeah, singing yeah. around. Um, and actually the, the first concert I went to then they, there's a, a song from that album called breakdown where they do three part harmony, three part, three different vocal lines. They had the, the crowd singing all three and they made three more up on the stage. So there were six vocal lines going and it was one of the craziest experiences I've had <laughs> musically ever. <laughs> that sounds, and that and sounds it sounded so wild. good, dude. That's why I was like, man, it's crazy. But okay. So we're moving on to M A E. Yes. Which initially when they were released were three EPs called okay. morning, afternoon and evening M A E. So they that, released in that, that way. Is that what their band's supposed to be? So they're, no, they're, so the band name stands for multisensory aesthetic experience, which is the most recent album. Okay. And it stems from a class that I think the drummer took in college about how when we form memories or connections to things, the more senses we use in the forming of those memories, the stronger they are in our heads, the easier they are to recall and the easier they are to communicate to other people. Interesting. So if, if when you're like somewhere, like say, imagine like being at the beach, you know, imagine a time you've been at the beach. If, if you had the presence of mind while you're there to smell the ocean or smell if there's like a, a restaurant nearby yeah, yeah. and listen to the waves and, and look at them and, yeah, and taste something at the same time, you probably would be able to remember that more vividly. Mm. And if somebody had never been to the ocean, you could more easily convey that to them, what the ocean is about. Interesting. And so that's the idea behind this whole band. That's how the whole thing started. It was like, what if we tried to do that as a band? As a band. What if we tried to do this classic, yeah. classic 2000s? Exactly that. Very, very much. <laughs> it's like it's all feeding a big parody of, of emo music yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, but the next song from MAE is the fight song, Crash mm-hmm. and Burn. And it's a long one. Longer. Well, here we go. Here we go. <laughs>
So, this might be a weird comparison to make, but um, I just I had this thought and thought this before this, right now. Um, you and I often will uh, geek out about the, there's the live version of I Shot the Sheriff from the um, Crossroads um, when oh God, I forgot his freaking name, the guitarist of um, Eric Clapton? Yeah, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton's version live when like he's just soloing. And he gives the drummer like a look and they just come out super tight, like tight, like a butthole at the end of the solo. Yeah. That I had that same thought of it when like there's this, that big long middle section and then, um, and it comes right back in on that main riff. And I don't know why, like, I just feel like that is, it was so tight. Like the drums, all the, the, the crash on the drums and all the guitar work, just everything is super spot on. And obviously it's different because this is like a planned um, in-studio moment. But I, I, I really appreciate how you go through this big, long, meandering middle section with it. Like the, the drums start out super, super soft and almost like jazzy. With like okay. Those like cross stick yeah. hitting the rim shots. And, and it builds into this really big wah guitar solo. And you're just kind of just going all over the place. And then it comes into these, these fat riffs. And it comes back into this thing from way, way like, you know, four minutes ago at this point the intro riff. Yeah. Um, and I really think that's a, a cool, like when, when you can give somebody who's been playing guitar and, and writing music for, you know, a decade at this point, And I, I can listen to that and forget where I was a few minutes ago. And when it comes back, I'm like, Oh yeah, that this there, it's still in that same song. Mm. That to me is a cool skill to be able to be like, yeah, I tricked you into forgetting what, even though it's the same song, mm through slowly like boiling the frog. You know what I mean? It's like you, you yeah. turn the heat up just a little bit at a time and then it becomes, I don't know, at a left field seemingly, but it's been there the whole time. Right. Very, very cool ability to me. Interesting. Also, well, the bass line on this song was killer. Yeah. I love, yeah, especially the beginning of the song. They just, they're just walking up and down. I love it, yeah. Great, great plan. Well, sick. Let it die. Well, no. Fight song. Yeah, the fight song. And also, yeah, I, I didn't think of this earlier in the week. And I, when I picked my songs, I was like, I like the the lyrical mirroring between this song and the last one I chose, Let It Die, which is going to be my, the last song we do tonight. Um, this song, to me, I think it's obvious. It's like just a morning of like, I'm in this relationship that's hectic. It's yeah. like always fighting they have to be right and you have to be right and yep. then you, you like even if you're not right you can't admit you're not right because that means they're right and that's mm -hmm. that's a, you lose it's like think of everything as a win-loss situation and i don't necessarily think it's like explicit he's saying that like this is not the way to do things but i think most of us recognize that's an unhealthy yeah scenario to be in sure. and like if you've ever been in a relationship like that it's like that's no fun for either of you um but i think i think he's kind of just giving commentary about relationships like that um, and I mean, the very last line is I'm getting out before the fight. Like at some point you got to pull the plug. 
Um, and then the last one that I'm going to choose later, like we're going to do one more in between now and the, that one and this one, but um, it's kind of the opposite of like, if you can recognize that in your relationship, turn the, turn the wheel, flip, you know, flip 180 mm -hmm. and start forgiving and start not counting things as a score of who won the last argument. Yeah. 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 But, um, so, but, but we got yours next. Oh, uh, we do have mine next. Yeah. Very, yeah. This one's, I like this one too. Um, this is going to be a part of, let me double check here. Cause they lost a bunch of people. Yes. So yeah. So I think after these, this, these three EPs, morning, afternoon, and evening, they went through, I mean, they're getting older at this point. Like they're, they're as far as musicians go and rock musicians, they're not young by any means. Um, and yeah, the, the band kind of lost some, some oomph in a way. Yeah. And so like for a while, even I think the band wasn't even around. Dave Elkins, the lead singer, started a new band called Schematic that was kind of all himself in a way. Yeah, it looks like they had a hiatus from 2010 to 2013. Right. So yeah, so they went through that, and then they came back and recorded this album in 2018. Is that when this came out? Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah I remember this coming out a few years ago, and it's it's very different. It's a lot more modern. There's a lot of like sampling and electronic sounds. Yes. Um. But also the one you chose is very acoustic. Yes, uh, I can't yeah. remember if it's the whole the whole time through, but well, the vast majority it. of it is. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, I like it. So let's listen to that then, and we'll then we'll. This is called what? This is called uh, "Race for Our Autonomy." So there you go. Do we go from here? 
is no love in fear So where do we go? It's very different, I would say. Almost no semblance of an electric guitar in there, I would say. I don't remember any electric guitar standing out. Yeah. Oh, I just think it's very um, different from what they've done yeah. previously. And so the beat kind of really throws me for a loop. Like those like offbeat hi-hats. It, like, it makes it feel like it's in like swing time, but not. I don't know. Yeah, like, it was cool. The chorus cool. is 
that's definitely swing from the vocal standpoint mm-hmm. but then like the the verses are kind of in between because i think it has a similar vocal rhythm but then the the drums are just two one two one two one two and it's like i don't know it's kind of a cool it is cool i liked it yeah what what else you like about it um i i just think it was very different i think it's a good well like it kind of shows off maybe he's doing a little bit more of a um writing like getting more right like experimental in his writing yeah oh, that, uh, definitely more experimental for sure and so but i think it's, it's i think it's really cool it shows off some good mm-hmm. songwriting it's, i think interesting decisions with his voice like knowing that that modern musicians can do as many takes as they have time for and, and money for and i think i'm pretty sure this is recorded in their studio like they now he now runs a studio in um tennessee cool um but like there, there were some vocal notes that he didn't hit. Like he was just a little bit flat, and I'm like, I'm wondering, like, you obviously could have chosen to do that take again, but or or um, adjust it. You know, what I mean, you you can edit those things definitely enough to make it sound like it's right on pitch. Um, and yeah, he didn't. It's mm-hmm. so like you know whether they tried it and said it sounds better with like being a little bit flat. It's it's just anything thing to me. I'm like. I would feel so self-conscious. That's one of the biggest things for me is like whenever I'm singing, I'm like, I never want anybody to hear this because I know I'm always off Yeah, and I'm not good enough to like edit it. I don't have enough know-how. I can, you know, I can like very, um, like a Neanderthal, I can just press auto tune and, you know, make it so it's always pitch perfect, but then it sounds super fake and robotic. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's honestly to me better than. Than having them hear my my regular singing, <laughs> yeah, I most of the time I can't sing. With yeah, me. it's like so. I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's very interesting that I mean, you know, we've seen in the in past albums that like everything is pitch perfect. Yep. Whether it's his singing, um, or editing, we don't know. But like, for some reason, they just decided to let it let it fly and be let like, yeah, no, we're okay with it being a little bit not perfect, quote unquote. Not perfect. It's true. It's cool stuff. Um, it's a multi-sensory aesthetic experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, last song there is your song. Let it die. Let it die. We're gonna let it die here. Um, and then, do you think we'll ever hear anything more from him? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's been a long time. So yes, yeah, from what I've seen from Dave's Instagram, it seems like he's more focused on producing other people's music. He's like, seems like so he's a dad now. Since since. This last album came out. I mean, he's been a dad for a long time. He just didn't know it. Sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Daddy, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. It, okay. Illegitimate children. Yes, that's true. But, uh, yeah, but his, he has a little daughter that, came, that was born since this last album came out. And so I feel like that obviously changes people's directions, mm-hmm. changes people's, like, priorities. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the idea of writing an album and touring it. Yeah would be much a much different thought process now if you have a child. You know what I mean? You're like, do I want to leave my child for, you know, four or five months on the road? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, probably not. But so, I forget it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I don't know if we'll see anything Let's else. let it die then. <laughs> um, yeah, last song. Here we go. Retaliation on my mind I'm already through It's 
out. Nice solid fade out. Yeah, just solid fade out. Yeah. Like I said, I, at this point, I think kind of think of that as a companion song to the fight song, explaining kind of what the two options you have when you're in a relationship, where both of you kind of think of the relationship in terms of wins and losses. Okay. And and basically, what it like to me, what they're saying is like you can either fight for as long as you want to, and eventually you're going to realize you burned out, and one of you or both you're gonna have to give up and say like it just wasn't work, working out or you can at least one of you has to be big enough to say um like my my pride and my feeling of being the winner is not important enough it's not as important as this relationship is and um i think other songs on those the three um eps morning after an evening kind of touching this as well like there's a song called the fisherman song and he there's a line where he says like it's so hard to love the way that you want me to i think i think they're kind of touching on christian like the idea of like charitable love sure. like pure love um and basically he says like i know that that i'm expected to love selflessly and charitably and wholeheartedly but like really getting down to it and giving up your pride is so difficult it's one of those things that like is so much easier said than done and like, but you still got to do it eventually. Like, you know what I mean? Right. If you, if you want to be happy, you eventually have to figure out how to do it or else you're just SOL. And, and you know, whether you figure it out or not, it depends on how, how long it takes you to figure it out. But to me, that's what the, the whole, the last few albums kind of get in that whole idea. That's the, the overarching theme to me. The overarching theme. Well, themes are cool. Concept albums, perhaps maybe a little bit. I think I definitely know what the book would be. Consider that. So, but yeah, that was me. That was me. Big old, big old mate. A lot, a lot of, a lot of music. They did a lot of music. Yeah, I mean, and like we said, probably the end of it. Yeah. If I had to guess, if I was a betting man, I'd put my bet against me. Yes, I would. Or this other album, I would as well. Um, but next week, you ready for this? Always. We're gonna do the man. Well. One of the men. One of the men. Uh, what probably in my opinion the one of the best introductions in like a live performance it was given one of the best introductions hilarious okay Freddie King okay as in someone someone gave a great introduction about yeah. him no 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 just just introduced Freddie King to the stage and the guy that does it is okay just like we'll talk about it next week yeah we'll, okay I'll we'll, I'll play it for you cool but yeah is it as good as um as the other king. Oh my gosh. BB King. BB King when he's like, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's a good one too. <laughs> That's a good one too. But yeah. Um, it's it's on that it's on that same. It's Love a little him. more humorous. Cool. Than that one. Okay. Well, that one's pretty funny. That one. That one's only funny to us, honestly. I think anybody else <laughs> in the whole world wouldn't get that joke. We've just seen that video so many times that the way he says it is funny. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll check that out. So that's next week, Freddie King. Okay, cool. Um, we'll see you guys next time.